What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Official Visit, a podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. My name is Jared Peniman, and alongside me is Joe Jimenez. And guys, huge shout out to our guy, Zach, over at Hyped Apparel. Guys, you've heard us talk about it long enough. Go use the discount code in the show description. Get yourself some high-quality athleisure gear. Summer's coming. Get outside. Get moving. Joe, who do we got on the podcast today? Today, we got my buddy, Jared Jones. Um, Jared comes from La Mirada, California. Went to La Mirada High School, and was an absolute dude there. Um, Area code guy, PG All-American, Under Armour All-American. I mean, we refer to him as one of those top 1% guys out of high school. Someone who's for sure going to a high D1, kind of wherever he wanted type of thing. Um, Jared was eventually drafted in the second round by the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, which is how I know him. Got the pleasure of, of getting to know him, meeting him. But um, a really cool story, guys. I mean, he, he didn't go to college, but he Jared still went through the whole process. Um, he gives us a really good look into the factors that were huge for him um, for, for choosing which school he wanted to go to had he gone to college. So, um, guys, really excited about this one. I mean, I'm excited about everyone we do. Um, such great stories. But make sure to go check us out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, let us know if you guys have any questions. And, guys, be on the lookout for some of our blogs. We got more stuff coming out. We just had one come out on Sunday. Go check it out. So let's go. Jonesy, thanks so much for coming on, man. How you doing? Good. Yourself? Oh, never better. You know that. Never better. Um, <laughs> so we will start. Um, Jonesy, what's your favorite baseball memory in general? And he, hold on, hold on. I know some of the young viewers or listeners are going to want to hear about the PG All-American game or the Under Armour All-American, all the <laughs> Under Armour All-American game. But you've also told me of some of your uh, crazy high school baseball moments. I mean, it's kind of up to you and I mean, you're a stud, you're a second rounder, so obviously you're good. But the one baseball memory that sticks out for you? I mean, yeah, the Under Armour and PG stuff is all really fun to go to. And you're playing in Major League Park with the best 50-something guys. But the one I don't think I'll ever forget was my sophomore year in high school. Um, I pitched seven innings of relief with 13 strikeouts and ended the game with a walk-off grand slam. Wait, 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 wait. I want to seven innings in relief. Yeah. The game went the game like, go 12, like 14 innings, 12, 13 innings. Yeah. So basically a CG 13 Ks in a walk-off grand. Yeah. Yeah. How many hits you give up? <laughs> uh, I don't think I gave up a hit actually. So you basically threw a no-hitter, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. Just a, Jared Jones, man, so tough. <laughs> just a casual midweek game for La Mirada <laughs> as a sophomore. Oh, yeah, that, that, was, that's been a, that was a fun game. My sophomore year, I didn't get a hit for like 14 straight games. So that's, <laughs> that's the difference right there. Um, <laughs> that's what Jared – or Jonesy got a lot of money, and Jared is no longer playing baseball. <laughs> so on top of that, um, 
look, Jonesy, let's let's be honest. You're you were in the top one percent of of high school baseball players, but at a young age, or I guess I should say, at what age did you kind of realize that you were better than a lot of players? I would say. Once again, my sophomore year is when I took my biggest jump. That that's the year I went from ninety miles an hour to ninety six, ninety seven, and that's when I started to hit the ball farther and more often. So I feel like that was really just my biggest jump in high school. Did you like what clicked? Do you think you just matured? You got older. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting older, maturing more, really learning the game. Uh, uh, my entire life, I've always been around older baseball guys. So, uh, just getting to pick their mind at such a young age matured me a lot quicker than what most people would. So Jonesy, once it clicked for you, um, I mean, at what point were the colleges starting to, I guess, notice and really reach out to you? Um, I made the 15U national team my eighth grade summer. So right after the trials and stuff like that, went to Japan. Um, as soon as I came home from Japan, that's when I first got colleges reaching out to me for unofficial visits. And that's really just where it began. It was my eighth grade summer. Eighth grade summer. Did anyone, did anyone prepare you for that, like for what was coming? Because, I mean, eighth grade summer playing on the national team in Japan, fast forward to your high school career, PGL American, Under Under Armour All-American, second round draft pick. I mean, did anyone prepare you? Did anyone tell you what might be coming? Yeah, um, my dad played pro baseball for a couple of years. So he always just told me how to go about my business and how to play the game the right way. Um, and once he started to realize that I could be something in baseball, that's when we took it to a whole new, a whole new level of just competing and getting after it day by day. Um, but he was, he was a pretty big part of where I was from where I am. Absolutely. And I think that's a, you know, kind of Jared, it's almost something that we haven't touched on enough about the importance of parents in the whole recruiting process. And I mean, just obviously in development as a person and player, but I mean, Jonesy, you and I have talked about how, how influential your dad has been on your, on your career. Um, But I mean, I have to ask, was there ever, I mean, getting so much attention from such a young age was when you were younger, did you ever feel the pressure or was it still just like, well, I'm just playing baseball. I'm pretty good at it. And it'll kind of work out how it's supposed to work out. My eighth grade and saw, or my freshman year was probably the toughest year I've had playing baseball. Uh, I think I hit two fifteen and had a two, three, five ERA in high school. And I was like, wow, I just went from up here all the way just back down to where I was, you know, I, I was lost for a bit. So, yeah, um, just putting pressure on yourself really can take a toll on how you perform. What, what did you change? Cause I mean, yeah, I mean, probably coming from the national team to there's just so much expectation and pressure on top of you. So, and then you said the biggest jump for you was your sophomore year. So clearly 
you either change something or you talk to somebody. So kind of what was that? What was that shift? It was really just more having fun while playing baseball and not thinking about pressure. Once you're just having fun, I feel like everything clicks for you and everything just works out. Um, especially when you're on the, either in the outfield and infield or on the mound, if you're just having fun, really it's uh, the game just comes a lot more easier. I felt like. 100%. And you'll, you'll find that at every level. I mean, yeah, you and I have talked about that being here now and, and kind of just, the more I talk to, to players in college or in high school, it's just ton everyone to enjoy it because everything will work out exactly how it's supposed to work out. Yeah. Um, but Jonesy, with, with all that exposure with the national team, I mean, did you do showcases in the States along with that? I mean, how – I guess we'll go – we'll really start getting into – how many schools were starting to talk to you after your sophomore year? Um, and I mean, how much of those were, were serious conversations of, Hey, I might commit here. Um, I want to say there was around 15 to 20 uh, schools that either offered me or wanted to get me on campus. Um, but I really had it dialed into just two schools that I wanted to take serious um, one being USC and the other being Arizona, my freshman year and, um, never got the offer from Arizona just because I couldn't make it out there from where I was, um, in life. But USC gave me a, I don't know, they gave me a good offer for where it felt I could be at home, especially with the coaching staff being the way they were with me at that time. You, you talked about you narrowed it down from a pretty good list of schools. Was that just before you even started the recruiting process, you're like, it'd be really cool to go to these two schools or was it just these two schools had what you were looking for? I mean, what was kind of those couple of factors that you liked at those two schools? Um, for USC, I had two cousins go there. Uh, one set a couple of records for pitching and then went off to play baseball for nine or so years. So I felt like I had like a family tradition at USC. So that was always my number one school to go to. Absolutely. And was it something where you just kind of visited the campus and you're like, you know, it's, it's already been in my family? And, you know, it's just feels right once I'm here, like the environment and everything just feels right. Yeah. Just walking around. I was like, wow, I, I can really just see myself going here in a couple of years. So just being on campus there when I was 14, 15 years old was just mind blowing. Jonesy, sorry, Jared. I, I have to ask, I mean, like, does having, did having so many options ever stress you out to the point of like you don't you didn't know how to make a decision like was I just have such a hard time thinking at least from my experience maybe it's because I wasn't as highly recruited as you Jared but um just having all those options I feel like everyone's gonna make such a, a good pitch to you I mean what were some of the pitches that they were given to you um most of them were full rides but uh, some of the schools I really just didn't have too much interest in, 
interest in, which was, it's fine. Like if something didn't work out of the school I wanted to go to, I still have this in my back pocket, but um, there are some schools that I really did like visiting. I liked the coaches, but they gave me a week to month span of time where I had to commit to them if I wanted the offer. And if I didn't, the offer was dropped. So I, there was a lot of pressure there on that point, on that point. Yeah. I'm curious, did, did like staying on the West coast or staying in California have a big impact on you? And also did what you were being offered scholarship wise play a big role too? Yeah. When I was younger, I couldn't see myself going away from home. Like I felt like I needed to be home just so I can have my family an hour or so away from me. So that was a pretty big part of where I wanted to go. And what was the second part, Jared, the scholarship? Yeah, I just did. Did it really matter to you whether you got, I mean, yes, it matters, but were you really riding on whether it was a full ride or 75 or anything Mm -hmm. like that? Or was it more just like the school you were more focusing on? Um, It was kind of both of those factors for me. Uh, I had my handful of full rides and I had some 90s and some 75s. I ended up taking a 90%, but it was really just where I felt most comfortable. Jonesy, can you go more into like the actual conversations that these coaches, I mean, let's just say the USC coach had with you before you committed? I mean, it's, it's so far it's so early in the sense that you wouldn't hypothetically be signing your letter of intent till your senior year. Right. So what, what is the, you know, you you have a verbal agreement, but what is that conversation like of just, Hey, like, you know, this is, this is what we got for you for your class. Uh, We think you could fit in here. Like what, what what was the conversation like? When I was in the coach's office at USC, they, um, they really thought highly of me at such a young age, which is cool to see just for myself. Um, they, if I panned out the way they, I, they thought I was going to, they gave me what their idea was of where I would be playing in a sense of when I got there. So it made me feel like, wow, like I can really just hear as a freshman, uh, not get it handed to me, but still work for it to get these spots. So that was kind of cool to hear. Was it weird having these conversations? Like I know, like knowing you're trusting your abilities and knowing the player that you are, but like also like making these plans for three years in the future. Was that kind of, cause I mean, again, Joe talked about it. We had very different recruiting journeys. <laughs> um, and I was having these serious conversations for a school that I was going to be going to like in the next like six, eight months. This, that's a very different time frame. Yeah. Um, you really just have to like trust in the coaching, trust where where your judgment is on something, because if you don't, you're just going to second guess it the entire three years in the middle of where you commit to where you're going to end up going there. So, I mean, if you don't feel comfortable at a spot, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest committing there just because it's your dream school. Uh, you really do have to feel comfortable for where you want to go to college. Absolutely, Jonesy. And that's, I mean, we talk about a lot of time of just relationships. Um, 
and and you know uh, we had Caden Grenier on who went to Oregon State and he talked about you know he was talking to a couple of the other Pac-12s he, he ended up going to Oregon State but it just came down to relationships and who showed they cared more um, and I mean from what you've told us it's, it's pretty much it's pretty similar to that um, but going into you know you were you had your verbal to USC um, and then continuing with the idea of relationships, um, the coaching staff changed and that changed a lot for you. Um, I mean, what happened there? What was your reaction when you saw the coaching staff change? Um, I was, uh, in, I was actually still in Bradenton at IMG Academy when that happened, um, for USA baseball and the coaching change happened and, me and my roommate, Lucas Gordon, we were just sitting there like, is this like serious? Like what, why? Uh, so um, we tried to give it a shot with the new coaches, just didn't pan out the way we thought it was going to be. Um, so when you just lose a relationship with the manager that you first committed to, and then you just don't click with the new guys who step in, it's rough to decommit. Like I wanted to go, to USC, but it was really tough. I had to think about it for a couple couple months before I actually pulled the string on it. But I just didn't feel comfortable going to play for these new guys um, at USC. Gonna cut in real quick, Coop. Awesome bat knob decals. Guys, whether you're playing summer ball, whether you're on the recruiting showcase tour, Spice up your bat knob game. Make it your own. No one wants to see the Easton signed 32-inch, 33-inch. Get a donut on there. Get a get a bomb on there. Whatever you want, guys. Coop can hook it up. Go check out Chin Music Designs, fully customizable bat knob decals. Let's get back to the episode. And so then how was that basically recruiting 2.0, right? Because then... Because what year in what high school year did you decommit? I decommitted my senior fall. Okay, so welcome to kind of normal recruiting timeline, right? <laughs> um, how was I kind of have one? I kind of want to go down that route. How was that timing different for you? Because you probably felt like you kind of had your back against the wall a little bit. Yeah, uh, most schools already have their guys and just don't have the money to get a new uh, a new high guy like how I was in high school. Uh, like they knew I wasn't going to take anything lower than what I originally had. So I had a list of five schools that I wanted to go to and two of them reached out out of the five just because the other three didn't have the money. Um, but right when those two schools reached out, we set up official visit dates to go on there, but they're both back-to-back weekends. So I got to see Texas and I got to see Arizona. Um, and just from there, it was just really quick. Like, I think I committed to Texas within a month after visiting. Hold on. I, I, I just thought about what Jared asked about the, I mean, money was such a money and relationships were a huge part of your original commitment. And I didn't even think about, okay, like, I mean, I, I have to ask you, you, you decommit knowing that you, you have to sign an NLI at some point at the end of, I guess, your semester, close to the new year. 
how scared were you just strictly about the money situation? Cause you know how that stuff works. It was, it was pretty tough because I knew I just didn't want to end up at USC with the new coaching changes, but um, I felt like I had to go somewhere else if the draft didn't end up working out. But when those two schools uh, reached out, said they have the money and they have a spot for me at their place, I, it was just so relieving because it took a good week, I want to say, before those two schools actually reached out for me. So I was in, I was either doing homework at school, just not really focusing on what I should have been focusing on. And without those two schools reaching out for a week, it was just, wow, like it's a feeling like I'm not going to be able to go somewhere. Yeah. And Jonesy, was the money that UT Austin and U of A had for you, was that contingent on guys leaving in the draft? Because I mean, that I've heard that's a pretty, that's a pretty common thing of, you know, even a, a Juco transfer, it's like they, a lot of times they wait for a guy. It's, you, I mean, you never know what's going to happen in the draft. Who's going to leave that type of thing. Um, so a lot of times they yeah. have to wait on who leaves and how much scholarship money is available. So was your situation contingent on anyone or was it, you know, they, they had, they just had space and they had the money. Uh, if you know, uh, I mean, from my view, it seemed like they, had the money because we were kind of a smaller draft class with two or three big name guys. So I feel like they really just did have the money and I, it worked out perfect. Yeah. And then when you were, when you were talking with both uh, U of A and Texas, was it, how was that relationship building? Because again, we talked about it as a quick turnaround. So mm-hmm. Was it just kind of like a first impression? How did we all kind of jive? Or was it kind of word of mouth, what you might have heard from other people? Um, From Arizona, they recruited me before I committed to USC my freshman year. So I had a pretty good relationship with those. In Texas, it was more of a first impression. And as you could tell, I was blown away by Texas. So I ended up choosing them. Was it just overall UT Austin was just amazing, good baseball, good school, good area? I mean, that's just an up-and-coming area for yeah. young people in general. I mean, you just kind of check yeah, all the boxes. Austin was, Austin was such a great city. They had great people there. Um, I don't – it's just – it's a baseball city. Like, Texas um, – they have their own fans. Like there's no major sports in Austin or around it. Mm-hmm. So people who live around or in Austin, they all go to Texas sporting events, which is just awesome. Did it just come down to a feeling again? Like, I mean, that's something Jared and I talk about. With, stop with... it. You stop it. No, Jared. Um, but, but this feeling of, you know, you kind of talked about it with USC, but did you, you know, just get that same almost indescribable feeling. I mean, that's the only word we have for it is the feeling of, okay, this, this could, this should be my home. Yeah. Um, there's a funny story behind it. Like I was stuck on which school I should choose to end up going to either Texas or U of A. And I went to bed one night and I had a dream of me 
pitching in the college world series in a texas uniform i was like all right well <laughs> i'm like i'm not it's a dream like i don't know if that's not the feeling i don't know what is yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> that's that's i think that'll be the first time i've heard of that one <laughs> for sure but that's awesome man um jonesy i mean you didn't even make it to Austin, <laughs> but, um, you know, going in through your, uh, going to your senior year, um, I mean, you're committed. What was your view on the whole situation in terms of whether or not you're going to go play pro ball or whether you're going to go to school? Um, I mean, for those who don't, I'm, I'm sure everyone, for those who don't know, Jared, did you touch a hundred in high school? 99. No, 100. On, you're better than that. We needed that 100. <laughs> probably could have had maybe one more comma if you touched 100. Anyways, um, but with that situation, I mean, how much were you thinking about, oh, like, I love UT Austin, but, like, I just don't know, you know, if I get my number in the draft, you know, what, what was going on in your mind with that? I had a set number in my head. So if I didn't get that number or more than that, I was going to end up going to Texas, which um, it ended up working out in the draft. Um, but it was really just a set number that me and my family all came to a conclusion with that could set me up to be in a good spot before or coming out of high school. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just just – that set number in my head is what made the difference between Texas and draft. And that's, that's something that I've heard a number of people talk about that are deciding between whether to take the draft or, or to go to school. Do you like, is that because obviously you played on the circuit with everybody who had to actually think about that. Is <laughs> that, is that the pretty common consensus of, okay, here's my number. This is what I'm setting it at. Either I'm going to get it or I'm going to school. Yeah. Um, for the high draft guys, and especially in this year's draft, which is just so weird, um, they all had a set number. Some of them were really high. Some of them were average. Some of them were low. Um, but we would all just, like, joke around. I was like, oh, I'm not getting this. I'm, I'm still going to end up going to the draft. Like, I can't do school. But – <laughs> yeah, some of the guys didn't thinking with their number. Um, and some actually did, which is good for them that some a couple of my friends went to college and they're doing really good for themselves there. So it's really just a theme for right now and for high, for high high school guys. Yeah, I mean, God, the draft is draft is a whole. I don't even know where I was going. Draft is crazy. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Uh, you were, I remember you were telling me the draft, your draft day story. I mean, obviously I was there for Nick. I don't know how you guys hold it together on those days, man. I, <laughs> I don't know how you guys do it. It's, it's, um, it's something else. It's, it's crazy. But um, Jonesy, from being around, you know, I guess dudes since they were little, um, you know, being on the USA national team, you know, meeting guys through, the the all-american games perfect game and under armor when you see the guys who 
went to college and, and just kind of, you know, are seeing how they're doing and, and they're talking to them. What are the happiest players? Um, what's like the constant, the consistent theme between the guys who are happiest with their decision? Um, for one example, uh, one of my friends, Enrique Bradfield, uh, he was a pretty high draft guy. He wasn't for power, but he's, he just, he just sprayed balls everywhere. He's probably the fastest runner in our class. And um, I'm not sure if he had offers from the draft that he turned down, but he ended up going to college. And now I think he has like, he led all the NCAA with stolen bases and it, it was just some ridiculous number. And he's Vanderbilt's leadoff now as a freshman and just setting records there now. It's just mm -hmm. ridiculous. So I feel like that he's, he's a pretty happy guy there. I mean, is there a consistent theme that you see, like just talking to them and what was going on in, in their minds of, of how to make the decision? Um, for them, since it was a five-round draft, I feel like they either made up their mind before the draft to go to college or they were let down in a way of not getting picked or just the money wasn't there with that number in their head. Um, but for the guys who went up, ending up at college, I feel like more, either more than half of them are important roles at their college right now. Just playing immediately. Instant yeah. impact guys. Yeah. Gotcha. I feel like that's a big, that's a big thing. I feel, especially with top, top recruits, right? It's, if you're promised all these things and you show up and there's four other dudes at your position that are promised the same thing and you don't end up playing, I feel like that's going to be tough. But I feel like if you roll in and you do the work and you're starting every day, I feel like it's tough to not be happy with where you're at. Yeah. So I think, I think that's really important too, is just being in a spot where you know you're going to play because no one's happy sitting on the bench. I don't care how good the team yeah. is. Yeah, 100%. Jonesy, did you ever feel like a lack of motivation once you had these offers? Because, I mean, that's something I've thought about for, I mean, I guess I call you like the 1% of high school baseball players that can just have a, a bunch of different options on the table. But was it ever to a point where like, oh, I don't really need to work anymore? Or because of the draft and, you know, wanting to get your number, does that keep you working? Um, because of the draft and wanting, it's, it's really just a young kid's dream to get drafted out of high school. So getting college offers and stuff like that was really cool. Um, just because I was so young, but I always had a bigger vision for myself, um, when I was younger and my dad kind of held me to that. Uh, if he ever saw me like not doing the stuff I needed to do, he would get on me, uh, make my life really bad um but yeah he was always just always in my corner telling me i need to do these things if i wanted to be at the spot where i'm at right now um jonesy usually we ask what advice you have for young kids but i after you said that i'm kind of curious about what was your dad saying in your ear to keep you 
motivated to keep you going? What was the biggest thing for you that kept you going? For him in high school, he was, he was the top one of the, one of the top guys too. Like he was a 90, 94 mile an hour arm back in high school where that wasn't really a thing in high school. And he hit more or he hit pretty well too. Um, so genetics, man, <laughs> genetics. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> he didn't pan out in the draft and fell to 20, 21st round. And he said he got lazy in uh, college, lazy in high school, and he just regretted it ever since. And now that he could kind of relive his past and almost in my shoes, he just made sure like I wasn't ended up ending up to be just some lazy guy who has baseball mm-hmm. skills falling and not being in the position I want to be in. Absolutely. I mean, name of the game, keep working hard. Yeah. Put it, put it as simply as that. Just keep, doesn't matter where you're at, you know, I think for your story kind of shows that, you know, okay, I'm going to go achieve this goal. And then once I do that, I'm going to set the bar a little higher and higher and higher. And I mean, with where you're at now, <laughs> it works, you know, work hard enough at something and, and become as, as, as good as you can at that one thing. You'll be uh, sitting 99 in your pro debut like you, Jonesy, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Stud. Absolutely. Yeah. Stud. Um, but Jonesy, I, thanks so much for coming on, man. Um, a lot of, a lot of really good stuff. I think listeners will, like to hear this man it's 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 been awesome yeah this was fun